Hello and welcome to the Mini Gaming Union podcast for Tuesday, February 16th. I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm here with Jamie. Hi. Daryl. Here in Canada. And Adam. Hey. It's actually Adam's first show. Adam Ma, one of our reviews, editors, features editors. editors. How do you feel about being on the show, Adam? Uh, It's good. I'm not editing as much, so I'm happier. (laughs) You don't have to be sitting at your keyboard. Yay. So, uh, show outline for this one. The Mini Gaming Union Podcast, or Mini Gup, is our community show for the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union podcast series and the Gaming Union forums. This episode, we have review scores, when did 8 become the new 5, and favorite game world. Those are two threads on the Gaming Union forums. And we'll have member of the month next month. And as always, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union has a new show every Tuesday. The series includes three different shows that follow a weekly release cycle of Kingdom Hearts Union, Final Fantasy Union, and Mini Gup. And the podcast is produced by GamingUnion.net and TweaksMusic.com and comes out on iTunes as well. And a special thanks to Gilbert GTR and Caleb, our forum moderators who help organize Mini Gup. Daryl, you want to take community updates real quick? Um, Sure. The site launched. Yep. That's our only one. Yeah, that's our update. If you haven't checked it out, then why not? <laughs> well, I don't think people can answer that right now. <laughs> you should go else. and check it out now. It's, it looks a lot nicer. And there's even... Well, the comment system has always been there, but it's it's more apparent now. Yeah, and it works on You reviews. can actually tell if people have replied to your comment Yeah, in a certain way. Yeah, so uh, we really want to see people posting comments on stories and we get a good idea of what sort of stories you guys like seeing. It's going to be a lot more frequent content there as well. Lots more articles and staff are cranking things out a lot more now. Anything else to say about it? Not really. No, it looks awesome. Good stuff, Colin, Sean, Daryl, whoever else. Whoever else. Yes. All right, so our first thread for the show is When Did 8 Become the New 5? It was posted by Eskimo Keith in the General Gaming Forum. And he said, Review scores can be represented in so many ways, something out of 10, something percent, even the A plus to F scale. People look to these score systems to decide whether or not a game is worth their money. The problem is that nowadays, a lot of consumers are after the very best and set the standards high. High roughly being 8 out of 10. On a scale of 1 to 5, 5 is the midpoint, the so-called average, but sadly this isn't the case when it comes to review scores. If a game gets below a 7, it's considered an average, if not bad game, in the eyes of some reviewers, publishers, and consumers. And Eskimo Keith asks, I'm just wondering, what the hell happened? Is it our expectations that are too high? Pressure from developers slash publishers on reviewers forcing them to raise their average to compensate. All I know is a game that scores 57% means numerically is above average, but this isn't the case when it comes to reviews. Or is it? Your thoughts? You have any thoughts? <laughs> it's, close. It's, it's a tricky one because um, I think everyone in the games industry takes 7 as the average and there's not really much you can do about it. Yeah, when we first began, we didn't want to do that, but as we found out, it just started confusing people, one, publishers, and two, game players, right? Yeah, because if you're giving a game, you, if you take five as the average, then, you know, we gave a game like six out of ten, and according to our original review score, that was above average, but according to everyone else, that was below average. Yeah, I'm not sure how it started out, at, well, or how it's gotten to where it's seven, because in movies and books, yeah, still, it's still five yeah. is kind of average. Just worth it's it. not uncommon to see movies and books get like 5%, 10%. Yeah, whereas for games, if it's seven is pretty much like, a, lo- a lot of game series get seven, and they find that's mostly average. It's a game worth playing if you are inclined to like that genre, but otherwise people seem to want to only buy eight out of ten games. 
Yeah, but I mean, it also depends on who actually reads your reviews. I mean, Avatar has got terrible reviews, but still sold a couple of million. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you're tying into the best-selling movie ever, you're probably bound to sell a couple copies of anything associated with it. No, I think a lot of it boils down to the public as well. Not so much the reviewers, but eventually the people decide what is good numerically and what is bad. So there's there's really not so much you can blame the industry for in this case. Wait, how do you, why do you think it's gotten to seven as sort of the mean... If I had to connect it to anything, I would say school. I mean, you look at those, the grading system is pretty rigid and it falls right in line with uh, everything else that's going on in the game industry. So you compare the two together. I mean, to be fair, if if I see a movie review that's a five, I don't see it. So I don't even watch seven movies. Not even worth pirating. So. <laughs> what about Transformers the movie? I don't think that review very highly. Well, that had Transformers in it. That's, that's a little different. It's, it's the second one was awful, but... The first one was pretty nice, and there were robots in both, so you can't really go wrong. <laughs> right. But I think there's a lot of public pressure, too. Like, just in general, like, as it builds up and then as the scores kind of slowly work into this seven average, I think everybody just kind of follows along with this. Oh, well, yeah, and there's a whole triple A culture now as well. I mean, like, when um, Heavenly Sword came out, it was getting scores of, like, eights and eights and a half, so everyone was like, oh, it's a failure. Well, not really. No, no, not by any stretch. But it's eight, just... eight's still a pretty decent score, but yeah. it's not good enough. It's like if Bioshock's getting like 89, 89 is unacceptable. Yeah. The people, it, well, I wouldn't say people in general. I would say it kind of... The, the hardcore gamers. Yeah, the conception is... Conception, is that the word? Yeah. Yeah, the conception is that... Consensus. 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 People think <laughs> 90 is kind of where the great game mark is 80 is the good game mark and 70 is the that's okay 70 is the if you like the genre you might like this yeah, yeah. which if you're I, a fan I, of this series and i got a seven then you should probably like, pick it up it works but it gives it it gives reviewers so little room to work with because i know people could argue that yeah games on average they're okay they're not bad they're pretty good so all game or games on average are quality so they would get a 7 on average, for example. But I don't really think that's the case because there's so many games we could pull off our shelves that we could say are complete crap and don't contribute to that. Yeah. Well, the worst part about it, too, is that anything below a 6 just feels like it's all this fodder you have to just bash this game more and more. Yeah. As Instead of having the amount of grounds that you normally have to see how decent or good it is. So it's like basically as soon as you fall below 5, it's like... Oh, it's fairly bad at a five, but like if you see something that's like a two or a three, then it's like this is abysmal. This is yeah, so like, bad. No, hardly anyone ever gives something as bad as a one. Yeah. Like, yeah. One one out of ten, ten percent, like you might get one out of five. Yeah. But hardly anyone ever gives a one. Even if it's like the worst game ever. Yeah. I mean you read people's reviews and they're like, This is the worst game ever made. Three out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's like one and two don't exist. I got a uh, quote from Omen on the forums in the same thread. I personally think it's just the way the industry deals with it. Some people like to read a review about a game before they buy it, and other people see a score below seven and immediately move on to something else. It sucks because some games may get overlooked, but that's the way things go. Money and numbers talk, I guess. It may be a lot more work, but I would rather see more in-depth reviews than score systems. Do you guys, what are your thoughts on having a score kind system of. in the first place? I mean... People need scores. They need something to associate. Because if it was if it was just a review, you know, it's if you if you don't want to read the whole thing, it's hard to actually gauge what the person thought. It's a snapshot. Yeah, I think the a lot of things that like even I'll do is just read the last two or three paragraphs, and then glance at the score if I don't have time to read the entire thing. Yeah. Well, no, I I agree. Being in the industry or being a, a game 
fan or a fan of the genre um you kind of have a different viewpoint because you're you're already you know the game you know the characters you've been following the press release if you look at it like you're going to a restaurant when i look for a new like pizza place or something i don't read the blurbs i just look at how many stars it has that's sort of the same thing you're doing here you know i only have so much cash to spend on a game but i'm not too sure what game i want to get why would I take any chances with a seven or six? I, I definitely want to buy something that's closer to a nine or a ten that I know is going to be worth it. Exactly, and I think with the how many reviews there are these days, it's it's come to the forefront more more recently because like you know you go on Metacritic and Metacritic has become huge, and it's like you know like Modern Warfare Two there are like 120 reviews, and if 120 people get an average of 94, and these are professionals, then it can't be a bad game really. Whereas, you know, if, if 120 people have given a game, like, 4 out of 10, then the chances are it's going to be pretty bad. Yeah. I find that most sites do do fairly lengthy reviews. Like, most are long enough. I, I haven't gone to many sites that said, well, that is an incredibly short review. I don't know how they do or get away with that. But for the people that only, well, who want the large reviews and don't care for a, a score number, it's not that we're necessarily breaking at the knees to provide a score for publishers to flaunt or whatever it's more so what the readers want and a lot of readers do want the scores and they don't have a single problem at all with them yeah they find and it's quick and, and easy a, that's and so it's to go along with the score so it's yeah, not like so you're just it, posting a score it's catering to both readers and that's more or less why i find is why sites have no problem with doing scores still even if they don't support them but if you don't have a score it, it does make it a lot easier to yeah. be harsh though i got to wrap this one up, but i got one last quote from Gilbert GTR. He said, After taking the last 10 Metacritic review scores from all five major platforms and PC, which is 60 games total, the mean average works out at 7.33. The PC has the highest average at a slightly giddy 8.03, and all the consoles hover at just over the 7 mark. So it certainly isn't just a common misconception. Well, no, it's not. I mean, if you go on game rankings, you can see um, the average scores that each site is given. Like sites like Edge, I think their average is like 6.3 or something. But you've got some sites and their average is like 8.5 after yeah, some thousands are, of Yeah, some are like over 90. Yeah, which is and just you go on these websites and they've given like 100% to something that's just yeah. complete crap. Any last thoughts, Jamie, Adam? Well, I don't know. I guess some just have to deal with. Like it's something that's just become the norm and really there's not much of a way to get around it unless you remove scores entirely and even then you're still like you're leaving that out you're not even going to have that then yeah i don't really see an issue with it personally like if you're getting ready to make a purchase you're going to look up the product anyway so i mean it's just kind of an outline it's their opinion yeah our next thread was actually posted by adam i got your little quote here uh it's uh the first game world's thread and you said <laughs> Uh, everyone's got a game with so much atmosphere in its lore, surroundings, art that they can't help but love. What's yours and why? It doesn't have to be a single title either. Long-running series, single planet you enjoyed, particular level that struck with you? I'm curious. Elaborate, Adam. Um. Well, <laughs> I sat down the other day and I thought, like, there's just some games in my game library I could not do without. Like, uh, Katamari is a great example. Like, I absolutely love it. It's the world's pretty iconic. It's like you're in a Lego land yeah. and you just run over stuff. And the theme song is definitely memorable. The whole thing sticks with you. And it's not just that. It's, you know, like Zelda. They're pretty iconic places. Like, you know, when you're in Hyrule, it just has a feeling to it. Right. And what are yours? Um, I happen to like both of those. <laughs> no uh, kidding. <laughs> um, I've always been a fan of uh, the longstanding Warhammer series, which is kind of obscure for... 
most people, but it just sticks with you. Yeah. Um, I guess some Final Fantasy, like, after you've played a Final Fantasy journey, don't forget the places you've been to. Yeah. I find that I get a lot out of uh, open world and sandbox games. Stuff like that is huge. Like, you can get so much out of it because you're going through it so much and you're following so deeply into it, especially if the story is engaging enough. Like, I find some, though, like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like Elder Scrolls. Like it's open world and everything. But, I was actually just about to reference Oblivion. But it's like I don't really I don't really care where I'm going. I don't so yeah, I think you, it depends on how into it. Yeah, you like get. when with GTA, after you drive around places, you kind of know where you're going. Yeah. Like if you get a waypoint, you're like, oh I'm gonna go this way. But with Elder Scrolls, it's kinda of like, yeah, I'll just use the quick travel because I don't really care. I think for me it's kind of the same reason I like video game music and it's the same reason why I think I like my favorite worlds is just because I remember the story and gameplay being so fun. One example would be the portable Zelda games like Oracle of Ages or Oracle of Time, was it? Oracle uh, of Time seasons. wasn't seasons. possible. Great. What? Do you mean Minish Cap? No, no, no. It, it no was... Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Time. Yeah, those were the Game Boy Color ones. Oracle of Time was on the N64. No, that's Ocarina of Time. Oh. But uh, anyway, I, I like too those. similar. I, I like know. those ones. I think mostly because I enjoyed those games so much. Those are like the only one games I still collect. I don't even have all the Final Fantasies anymore. But also Super Super Mario RPG. I think that one just tied so many little quirky worlds together. I just I just eat it up. Oracle of Ages. That's what it was. That's the one. Yeah, it's on my shelf. Oh well. <laughs> Could have looked at it. I guess. <laughs> I was like, wait, Oracle of Time. No, that is definitely just mixing up two titles. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, we got a, I got a uh, few from the forums for people that posted about theirs. The Fenrir said, I really like Final Fantasy XII's world as well. The setting, the music, the art direction were all really well done. It also had one of the most detailed level designs that I've seen on the PlayStation 2. Okami is another one. I really like the painted world and what you could do with it. The art style was really pretty. Uh, like what GFX says... Kind of like what Adam was pointing out. Liberty City, the original, not Grand Theft Auto 4s, and not because of drugs, violence, etc., but because it was the first gaming world where I knew the street layout as well as my own hometown. I could still drive nonstop from one side of the map to the other, knowing where I'm going with only the loading screen stopping me. And Karen was the last one. Uh, Silent Hill is my favorite one. Gosh, I wish it were real. <laughs> That's creepy. Yes, Karen. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Of course, I don't think I would like to visit the other world. Is that part of Silent Hill? Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like the night yeah, I've never played thing. It. Like, yeah, but she says, but it would be a nifty experience. Ha ha! It just seems like a very calm town. Yeah, except all the uh, weird things that are going on and pyramid head. Uh, just, just ignore those. Yeah the, py- yeah, the pyramid head thing. I think I'd be a little worried about. <laughs> I can't kill you. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I just want to sleep. Also, I don't know how interested I'd be in running around with a flashlight, hearing noises, and being like, I can't do anything with any of this. Well, you know, if you were pl- if you were running around Silent Hill three, at least have a machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> any last thoughts about favorite worlds? Um, I'm not sure how anyone could really like the music from Final Fantasy twelve. I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the fanbury will explain. <laughs> Any last thoughts, Adam? Uh, Pokemon. I'd love to have a Pokemon hanging out in my house. He'd uh, do my homework and you make uh, this world Pokemon world. Yeah, well, yeah, that'd be great. Well, it's better than Silent Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so many terrifying Pokemon that exist. It's, yeah, I wouldn't say you like really choose to. I mean, I like Resident Evil and Aliens vs Predator, but I wouldn't say like, oh yeah, drop me in. I'll join Umbrella. <laughs> Actually, that was another So basically story. you want Digimon. Yeah, I would go for that too, I guess. That's all right. <laughs> well, I was just saying, that's another thing too, the Pokemon series with the story that it kind of, well, the first couple, it trailed back to the old ones. That's fun too. 
when you get like the environments, it's like, hey, you can go back to this old stuff. If I could like, I remember all this. rewind like six years of my life and restart if pre-college, <laughs> pre-high school and just apply as a Pokemon trainer, I think that'd be way better than where I'm <laughs> at right Oak, now. Dr. Oak, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> Bulbasaur, <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. That's it for this show. Uh, just to remind everybody, mini gup. Or just to remind everybody, member of the month will be next episode, since we're only about a couple days through February. It's kind of hard to choose who's been the best member for February before it's even over. So, uh, next episode, we'll do that. So, you can find Mini Gup on the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union podcast series, which is on GamingUnion.net, and you can subscribe to it on iTunes. Make sure to join the Gaming Union forums if you want to take part in all these discussions. And There's also a, an interesting thread in the introduction forum right now where everyone's telling eight unique things about themselves. Yeah, I actually posted a video in there. Jamie's going to do one soon I'm going to well. do one, eventually. I'll yeah. get around to it. You have to do it in uh, Strange Voices. Strange Voices? Yeah. Every fact has to be a different accent. Yeah. <laughs> and next, next Tuesday's episode will be Kingdom Hearts Union. The next mini-gup will be released on March 9th. And if there's any changes to the schedule, we'll let you know on Final Fantasy Union, Kingdom Hearts Union, Twitter, or the website. Jamie? Oh, Darryl, by the way. Adam? Professor Oak. Professor Oak. Yeah. Uh, I apologize sincerely to nobody. (laughs) Jamie, Daryl, Adam, would you like to say your goodbyes? (laughs) I would. Goodbye. I'll see you in like two weeks, I guess. Maybe three. Yeah, I'll see you when I see you. (laughs) See you when I see you. It's a classic. I don't know. What do you you want me to say? What are you? The pressure's on me now. Say something, Jamie. The pressure's on you. Yeah, it's weird. There's a room full of people like, what are you going to say? I guess see ya. See you later. Yeah. Alright, I'm Kyle saying goodbye. This has All been right. a tweaks music.com and gaminginion.net production. <laughs>